0: So today we're going to start with the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, with a story of a couple of folks on the road to a town called Emmaus. So I invite you to turn with me uh, to read Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Hear the Word of God. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened, But they urged him strongly saying, stay with us because it's almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord is risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. And then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of bread. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So... Sometimes, I overlook things because I'm in too much of a hurry. So I've been helping my kids with math now that they're, you know, doing school at home. Listen, I did my 22 years of school. I'm not looking back at getting in the homework business, but duty calls. (laughs) Listen, just like when I was in school, I've got a thousand things I'd rather be doing than homework. So I rush just to get through it and end up getting the wrong answers. Look, there's nothing like the look that a sixth grader can give you when you can't do middle school math. I've overlooked deductions on my taxes because I wanted to hurry up and file them. I've missed opportunities because I had to hurry up and get somewhere. I don't know about you, but right now, I'm in a hurry to get back to normal. Look, I miss worshiping with you all. I saw a couple of you at a distance earlier this week, and it almost it almost made me cry. Look, I'm looking forward to getting back to moving about freely. I'm ready to stop trying to relearn sixth grade math. I heard a joke the other day uh, about what it would be like the first day that restaurants reopened. The server would ask, would you like to start with an appetizer? Why, yes, I would. And she'd ask. Which one? To which any customer in their right mind would reply, all of them. (laughs) I'm in a hurry to get back to normal. I imagine we all are. And it'll be good for our businesses. It'll be good for our social lives. But I wonder, though, if there's something we might overlook in our souls if we rush back to our familiar routines and habits. I wonder if there's something we would lose if we rush back. The Gospel of Luke tells us about two Jesus followers whose lives were changed because they walked instead of ran. It's the story of this man that we just read about named Cleopas and his companion. The companion, uh, maybe it was a friend. Some think that maybe it was his wife. We don't really know, but... Either way, we know they're from Emmaus, and they were in Jerusalem for the Passover. And while they were there, they got caught up with Jesus, and they loved it. And the more time they spent with Him, the more convinced they were that He was the answer to all of their hopes. And then Good Friday happened, and they were there for that too. And it crushed those hopes. And then a few days later, after they'd all been waiting together with the apostles in the upper room over the Sabbath. A few women had burst in that morning with some crazy news that Jesus wasn't in the tomb, and that some angels said that Jesus had been risen from the dead. Now, for us, that's good news. But imagine hearing it that day. We can read their reaction in verse 11. Let me read that for you. Uh, if we back up to the story right before this. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Nobody believed them. I mean, Because it doesn't make sense. Because it's not just the way that things happen. And so they thought it was an idle tale, foolish talk, an April Fool's joke. But Peter and apparently a few other people, they run to go make sure. You got to check these things out. Trust and verify that kind of thing. And so they do. And so uh, the others come back first, but they didn't see Jesus. They saw the tomb empty, like they said. So it's probably just a grave robbery then. And Peter, he was late. He probably, when when he got back, he'd probably say the same thing. And so there they all are in the upper room. Jesus is dead. The Sabbath was over and someone stole the body. So what next? Well, for Cleopas and company, it was time to get back to normal. It's time to leave that crazy place and all the crazy stuff that had been going on and head to more familiar territory. That's enough change. It's time to go home and get back to the routine. Back to my chair. Back to my slippers. Back to where I know everything is where it's supposed to be. Familiar things bring comfort and stability. So Cleopas and company left the rest of the believers and they moped their way back down the seven-mile road to Emmaus. And listen to what happened to them on the road. We can read about it in this passage. While they were walking and talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing them. And so the stranger shows up. It's Jesus, but they can't see it for some reason, some spiritual reason, I would say. And they tell this stranger all about the events of this past weekend. And in, in their story, there's one line that it just punches me in the gut. It says, after they recount how Jesus had died, they said, but we had hoped he would be the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped gosh, for some reason, that's a tough one because I know that feeling. They had hoped, but now they don't. It's past tense hope and that, that stings. Do you know how that feels? Past tense hope. But I love how Jesus responds so lovingly to their grief. He walks with them. He listens to them. Apparently for quite a while because he ends up at the village with them. And along the way, verse 22 says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the things that the scriptures said about himself. And they invite the stranger, come take a break from your journey, stay at their house. And so they have dinner together. But during dinner, their eyes were opened and they realized that that stranger had been Jesus all along. And just then, if the story's not strange enough, just then Jesus vanishes. And they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was opening the scriptures to us? And then they run back to Jerusalem to tell everyone about it. They had moseyed and walked their way there, but they run back to Jerusalem to tell everyone about it. But it turns out they had left too soon. Everybody already knew. Peter had come back, he had seen Jesus, and he'd already gone back and told everybody about it. Have you ever had that happen where you left somewhere too soon? Where, you know, like that time that I fell asleep during the halftime uh, at the Super Bowl, and then I wake up only to find out my kids were shouting, Dad, Dad, you left too early. The best part of the game happened. If only they had stayed. If only Cleopas and company had stayed, they would have saved themselves a lot of trouble. But you know what? I'm not as concerned with that. I'm just glad that they didn't run home the way that they ran back to Jerusalem. I'm glad that they didn't run home the same way that they ran to Jerusalem. At least they walked and reflected on the way back to what was familiar. Because listen, I know this sounds strange, but if they had been running they might have missed seeing the stranger on the road who just so happened to turn out to be everything they had hoped for. If they had rushed back to the familiar, they they might have passed right by. They might have passed right on by. So here's the deal. Rush back to the familiar, and you might pass by what you hoped for. Rush past to the familiar, you might pass what you hope for. Now, that's a good lesson for us too, I think. I think it is. Now, on Easter Sunday, we talked about the new normal. We have this sense that there's going to be a new normal after the COVID-19 pandemic passes. There's been too much disruption in the world for everything to go back the way it was. And yet, Jesus' resurrection reminds us that new creation is the new normal. And that's all fine and good, except that we are living in the midst of the old world at the same time that we are having one foot in the new normal. We have what some call living as Easter people in a Good Friday world. So we've got one foot in the way that things used to be. We've got one foot in the new creation, and and that's a strange spot because we can find ourselves in the same spot as Cleopas and his companion. You see, for them, everything they were looking for in Jesus was right under their nose the whole time. But they felt the draw of the familiar, the draw of the predictable, and they went back home, back to comfort, back to routine. Familiar habits and ways of living almost called them away from the new thing that God was doing in Jesus Christ. But thankfully, they weren't in too much of a hurry because if they had been, they might have overlooked everything they'd been hoping for, Jesus on the road with them. Because they met with Jesus, they were able to live in a Good Friday world in a different way. Not too much about their circumstances had changed. All that had happened had already happened, but they changed. When they went back to Jerusalem, they were different people. And we have that opportunity too. You know, the economy will open back up when it's the right time. The shelter-in-place orders will lift too. That's the job of government leaders that we elect and we pray for. But today, the question that I want to ask is not about the economy, not about work, not about school. What about our souls? What about our habits? What about our values? Rush back to the familiar and you might pass by what you long for. Rush past the familiar and you might pass by what you long for. Go to the restaurants and order all the appetizers. That would be awesome for a lot of reasons. Let's go back to school and go back to work in the grocery store. But we don't have to do all that in the same way that we did it before. We don't have to walk into the next chapter as the same people. While everything is on pause, I think it's worth asking, do I want my life to go back to the way it was? was the way that I was living, giving me everything that I had hoped for. See, I was in a video conference the other day with a group of church leaders and a mentor. It was fantastic to do this. I was really grateful that we had the chance to kind of connect um, and that Brian, my mentor, was able to reach out to us and help us process and think. And so we spent some time talking about, you know, what's it been like? How has the church been? How's life been? And, And the main point was for him to ask us a couple of questions. He asked us, he said, what do you want your church to look like on the other side of this? It's a pretty challenging question, isn't it? But it was the next question that really, really made me think. He asked, what do you want to look like? Who do you want to be on the other side of this? Hmm. Rush back to the familiar you might pass by what you'd hoped for. If we take our time before we run back into our old familiar habits and routines and our overwork and our running the kids from here and there and all of the things that were routine in our lives, if we take our time before we go back to the familiar, we'll find Jesus inviting us to re enter the world as a new creation. He'll meet us on the road and reveal to us everything we had hoped for and so much more if we take our time. So how will Jesus meet with us? Well, his spirit is active and alive in the same activities that he shared with Cleopas and his companion on the road to Emmaus. So this story shows two ways that we can use this time to reorient ourselves. First, Jesus meets us in the scriptures. Jesus shared the scriptures with them. and Later on, they would say, We're not our hearts burning when he opened the scriptures to us. So what we can do, take time to meet with Jesus through reading the Bible. It's not an ordinary book. It's the only book that I know of that the Spirit of God brings to life in us when we're reading it. Right now, we're reading through the Bible together as a church. Our goal is to read it through in a year. We have a five-day reading plan. It's up on our website right now. You can check it out. So just pick a spot. Pick it up. It doesn't matter if you've missed a few months. Start where we are. Start from the beginning and just read. Don't worry about if you understand every bit of it either every time that you read. Because Jesus meets us regardless of whether we have it in our mind when we're faithful to put our eyes on the page and our hearts on the page. Listen, I've read through the Bible many times. In fact, I do it for a living. But this time through, God is teaching me so much. And I can sense, maybe not always in the moment, but in general, a sense that I have been meeting with Jesus when I read the Bible and the scriptures. And the same will be true for you let Jesus set your heart on fire with new creation. Don't rush to the familiar. Let's take some time to build a new familiar, a habit of reading the scriptures. Now, the second thing that Jesus does with Cleopas and his friend when they're on the road is, is he ends up at their home. And so, second, Jesus meets with us in home worship, home worship. When the two disciples met with Jesus in their home, do you remember what happened? Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. Our homes are our most intimate places. Many people, they do their church stuff at church, and they leave home as the place where they can just be themselves. What if home was a place where you could be most intimately connected with Jesus? What if your faith, was so opened in the Lord that you welcomed Jesus into those, my hair is down, my makeup's not on, I'm in my sweatpants kind of places. My friends, now is the time to recover the biblical practice of home devotion. Worship with your family. Teach your children to love God with their whole heart. Pray with them. Recenter your marriage around Christ. Sing together. Read the Bible together. Pray together. Just like you're doing now in worship, but together, not in front of screens. Jesus meets us when we worship with him. He meets us when we worship in the intimate places of our lives, like our homes. And so now, take the time, build a rhythm of worship into your home life. Jesus will meet with us along the road to show us and open our eyes to everything that we've ever hoped for, and more, if we don't go too fast. You know, sometimes I overlook things because I'm in a hurry, and I am ready for the world to get back to normal, but I don't want to miss what Jesus is doing in my life right now. I don't want to go so fast into the way that I was living that I miss what God is doing, and I don't want the church to overlook what Jesus is doing in the world right now. If we rush back to the familiar, we might pass by everything that we had hoped for. But if we take our time though, we might just find that we meet with Jesus and discover a new life and a new way of being. And then when the world goes back to normal, you and I, we'll re-enter the world in a different way because we've taken the time to allow Christ to make us a new creation. Cleopas and company, they didn't rush home, thank goodness, because they might have missed it. But they met with Jesus and they returned to Jerusalem as new and renewed people. May we walk diligently, deliberately, and slow enough with Jesus that we too will be made new and enter into the world in a different way than we did before. Will you pray with me? Oh God, our Father, I pray for all of your people right now all over the world. Lord, I believe that you are speaking to us in this time, that while we are working to protect people and mitigate the spread of illness, you are also giving us a Sabbath, a jubilee kind of moment where we pause and we can return our hearts in fresh and real ways to you, where we can see everything that we've picked up that you would like us to put down and everything we've put down that you'd like us to pick up. Speak to your people now, Father, by your Holy Spirit, Wherever we are, speak into our hearts. As someone right now, oh God, who knows in their heart that there's something special happening in the way that their life has changed today and they actually dread going back to the way it was. Meet with them, Father. Meet with them and show them the new rhythms and the new ways that we might become familiar with you in a special way so that when the world comes back, you can use us. Father, we give all of this to you in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen.